My name is Dr. Jeffrey Burke. I'm a naturopath and a master herbalist and the host of the Staying Healthy radio show. My show airs Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I bring you the best guests in the industry and the topics that are relevant for today's health. The shows stream live at 8 a.m. And for those of you that cannot listen live, my shows are now podcast daily for on-demand downloads at my webpage, drjeffreyburke.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're located at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Smith Shopping Center. Go in and see what a local retailer can do for you. Great selection, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and amazing prices. The hours of the store are Monday through Friday 9 to 7, Saturdays 9 to 6, and closed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to stop by, tune in, you know, and walk away with information, information vital to your good health and well-being. It is a perpetual learning process, and I, I can pretty well say that most of us, myself included, are works in progress, meaning that like fine wines and cheeses, we probably get better with time, but, you know, instantaneous results and changing of lifetime bad habits and, you know, um, you know, and, and everything from diet, all that kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. The other great thing about getting healthy, being healthy and staying healthy is you don't have to do it alone. You can do it with great guidance. You can do it with information. You can do one thing at a time. And then when things are better in that specific area, move on to the maybe next area of focus. It's not like we have to do it overnight. It is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Every day on the show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, we talk about the good stuff. We talk about things we probably should be talking about. And chances are we don't talk enough about We should be talking about the things that are at our fingertips today, the amazing tools and information that we, in many cases, didn't have just a few years ago. And and it is continually updating and getting better and easier and uh, more complete and formulas are getting more specific and more transparent and more available and more successful. If you're someone like me that was in health food stores 40 some years ago, You remember that we had very little to choose from and very little selection and also very little information. Today, it's a candy store. You walk in, you can ask for specific formulations for all different kinds of things, both internally, uh, topically, um, even setting the environment around you and the air you breathe. These are all amazing things we can do. So those are the things we talk about. We have relevant topics with some of the best guests in the industry to give you all the information you need to start your course or set you in the right direction. But then that's where sometimes we hit the wall because we decide to just make quick answer decisions and we try to make quick choices because our human nature gets in the way and our impatience shines through and we are looking for the, you know, the magic beans and the magic wand and not realizing that. It's going to take some time to get to where we need to go. That's why I send you to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. When Wayne Rudolph founded his store at Stay Healthy, he founded a store that brought great success because it worked also on the foundation of education and information. 
helping to clear the confusion, helping to answer questions, having dialogues, a place where people could go and, you know, and learn and feel incredible and realize that they are heading in the right direction and taking out the, you know, the confusion and making things a little bit easier to, to do and to stick with and, and I think that that's why they've been so successful. Stay Healthy Health Food Store is your one-stop full-service location for everything health and nutrition. In their fourth decade here in the Las Vegas Valley, they're Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, and with good reason. The most knowledgeable staff, the best customer service, the greatest selection of the highest quality products, and the availability of just being able to have a place to go chat, talk, converse, and get questions answered. That really sets them apart. So we thank them for all they've done over their decades and thank them for being extremely visible over the last two years in the midst of craziness and being there every day to make sure that they can help us stay as healthy as we possibly can be. And that's been a really great thing. So we thank them every day for not what they've done just for the last four decades, but for the last two years now being there and being uh, our rock, keeping us healthy and making sure that we knew about what was available to keep our bodies and our immune systems in tune. You'll find Stay Healthy Health Food Store at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6. They're closed on Sunday. Call them at 702 877-2494, 877-2494. For mail order services, they can even get your order together for you so you can swoop in and pick it up and be on your way. Lord knows we're in the fast time of the year right now. Everybody's running crazy, but we don't want to run out. So you can call ahead of time and have it ready. How cool is that? You can also go to their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com, where you can print a coupon to use on your next visit. Enter your email address for some more monthly updated information on their newsletter. They'll send right to you. And you can listen to any of the radio show broadcast. Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Make them your one-stop full-service location. You'll be really glad you did. Guaranteed. Well, today... We have a show that um, my guest and I, we do every single year, which I think is always so much fun. I look forward to it. We're going to be talking about Now Foods Essential Oils. Essential oils are, I think, a one-time category that seemed like seemed like it only kind of fit into very small amount of categories itself. It was kind of a, a small niche category, but essential oils have become quite large, quite big, and... Um, Quite confusing, too, so we're going to be talking about that as well. A little background on my guest, actually a quite extensive background on my guest, if you haven't had the pleasure. Neil is a nutrition education manager and a product formulator for the natural products manufacturer, Now Foods. Neil is a board-certified clinical nutritionist who has a diplomat in advanced nutritional laboratory assessment. He's a professional member of the International American Associations of Clinical Nutritionists, serves on the Scientific Council of the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. He's a director, program chair, past president of the American Nutrition Association, and serves on the Public Relations Committee of the American Herbal Products Association. His comments and articles are everywhere, published in magazines and newspapers. He contributes to scientific 
journals and has been featured in countless radio interviews and television news reports. Neil posts his articles on his blog, HonestNutrition.com, and at NowFoods.com. He tweets as Neil E. Levin, and on Facebook, you can find him at Honest Nutrition. Help me welcome my guest. Hey, Neil, how you doing? I'm very good. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. I, I'm so excited. I think hopefully I'll run into you this weekend uh, in Florida. Yeah, I'll be there all weekend. So we have a trade show, and uh, we're both speaking on Friday night. So yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. Um, so I, uh, I I'm really looking forward to going down. This is actually my first Soho show. I've been to every other one a million times, but I've never been down to the Florida Soho show. So I'm hoping with the way that we have not been able to have other ones along the way the last couple of years, that hopefully a lot of people will be attending Soho. Yeah, I've, I've attended probably half a dozen times over the last dozen years or so speaking. Uh, last year I, did, I was scheduled to speak, but we had a travel ban and I, I wasn't able to go. I had to cancel. So here I am making up for it this year, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I, I got a question for you. You know, when I had gone back to school and was earning my degrees and I got to my essential oils, uh, is part of one of the classes of the many, many, many classes I had to take. You know, I kind of went into it a little blindly. I mean, I knew a decent amount about essential oils. I obviously know a lot more now. Um, but, you know, I, I always thought of it as such a small niche category. But essential oils have been around for a long time. I mean, a very long time and used throughout history for many different things. But it is amazing how they have really blossomed into a very pretty solid um, category of their own these days. Well, that's true. They, I mean, if you look back, uh, the scent in plants is largely due to the presence of essential oils. Mm-hmm. And they're called essential oils because they are very volatile. They're essential to the smell of a botanical, of an herb or another plant. And they are so volatile they can float through the air like a cloud and uh, reach your nose and you can detect them. And they have chemicals that actually are received by nerve receptors in the nose and transmit signals to the brain. So you're, you're literally sampling molecules of that plant when you're smelling something, whether it's a whether it's a flower, whether it's uh, a perfume or an essential oil, you're, you're actually smelling the part that's lighter than air and floating through the air, the part that's evaporating, literally. So th- these are very, very long-lived. They're the basis of incense. They're the basis of perfumes. Uh, they, they're known to have been used at least back to Egyptian days, you know, Two, three thousand years ago. Uh, so, you know, this is not a new technology or a new concept. And it's really the original basis for the perfume industry itself. And that's where things hit modern times, where because the essential oil of today have literally come as ingredients used in perfume. And you know, I go back in this industry almost 50 years, and we were selling brands of essentially perfumes. You know, these little $5 bottles that were 
maybe 10 milliliter bottles, uh, about a third of an ounce, with little wooden caps with plastic inserts under them, and scents like wood spice that I would use for a cologne or uh, spring rain. My wife used to use that like a perfume. And they were essential oil-based perfumes at that time that were the dominant things in the 1970s, 1980s. And then uh, over time, the essential oils themselves, the natural ingredients that were the basis of these scents, were becoming popular on their own, partially because of the do-it-yourself movement, that people wanted to make their own products. And that's still a massive influence on what is sold and the demand for essential oils is, is the fact that people are making their own products with them, whether it's for their own use, whether it's for gifts and the holidays, whether it's for an actual business. Uh, we, we at Now Foods actually have companies who are buying our essential oils and using them to produce products that they sell online or through other markets. So... The market has shifted dramatically in the last uh, 30, 40 years from perfumes and a few essential oils like peppermint oil to hundreds of essential oils that are available. The essential oils in the natural products industry, at least, uh, and health food stores in, uh, in general, are far outselling perfumes today, which is not the case you know, in, like in the 1980s or earlier. So we're seeing this uh, massive escalation of essential oils, which is now so pervasive, it's in virtually every store that's selling uh, merchandise. You can buy it in gas stations a lot of times. So, uh, you know, the quality is not always the best, and that's one consideration. Uh, Is this a fly-by-night brand? Is this some off-brand that's just capitalizing on the market? Or is it a company like Now or some of our big competitors who have been selling these products for decades? I know we've been selling essential oils at Now for something like 30 to 40 years and have long established relationships with the distillers, growers, and and other suppliers of essential oils uh, where... You know, we're now the largest purchase, purchaser of lavender oil on earth and you know, we have a huge market uh, dominance in terms of uh, the natural products channel in the United States. We're by far the number one volume seller of essential oils in that, that channel. And that gives us a, large, a lot of buying power, but very important, we don't market up like a perfume as most of our competitors do, we tend to market up more like a shampoo or a vitamin, and we don't take those massive profits that are endemic in the perfume industry, which, remember, that's where essential oils originate from. So it's no wonder, it's no surprise that essential oils in general are treated like perfumes in terms of how they're bottled and marketed and displayed and sampled. That's all perfume industry standards, but so are the huge markups that are common in that category, which now does not believe we need to do, and we actually help health food stores compete with mass markets 
in that sense by not trying to take excessive profit from that category. Well, you know, I was talking with someone recently, and I've been actually using this this point of reference um, in some of the teachings I've been doing. You know, we were talking about essential oils, and somebody was talking about terpenes and how these terpenes, and I'm going to have you talk about terpenes uh, as well, you know, as being part of the smell and the act, some of the active ingredients. And they said, well, with essential oils, you know, I know the smell is important, but is the smell essential? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you use lavender oil? on your pillow, in your bath, uh, or as any kind of an aromatic if it didn't have a smell. And they were just like, well, no, the whole, and they, they kind of caught themselves mid-sentence and said, oh, okay, I get it. And I think that's really true. I will say one thing I want to just intervene for a second about, about Now Foods Essential Oils. They are extremely rich and potent. And if you've used others before that dissipate very quickly, they're not very long lasting, you have to use a whole bunch of it to get the smell, you're not getting a very high quality oil. Um, Your oils are very strong and very, very little goes a very, very long way. And I think that's planned that way. Well, yeah, essential oils are very, very concentrated. Uh, if, If you want to, for example, use an essential oil in a recipe, maybe it calls for using cinnamon natural flavor or some other thing like that that's a flavoring. And if you look at natural flavoring ingredients, you'll see that they are predominantly alcohol with some flavoring added, and they are dilute. They are not full strength. The essential oils themselves are full strength, and that means they're far stronger than the natural flavoring of the same name. So if you wanted to buy, say, a peppermint uh, flavoring or a peppermint oil, they are not equivalent. A peppermint essential oil is going to be much stronger if you were to dilute it to the ratios that are used in the flavoring, you would have something quite different. And, you know, that's an important issue, really, because a lot of people want to know, are these oils food grade? And there are several requirements for an essential oil to be considered food grade. First of all, it has to be from a plant that's a food. And it has to be from a plant that's from a food that is not toxic. For example, look at wintergreen oil. And if you look at anything that's wintergreen flavored in the grocery store, you will will virtually every time see that it's artificially flavored. And why is that when wintergreen oil is available? Because wintergreen oil contains a toxin. It's fine to diffuse but it is not fine to consume. So although wintergreen is a traditional flavor, it is not safe to use wintergreen oil in cooking because it contains a toxin that would have to be fractionally distilled out of it to make it safe for use in foods, which is not typically done, and that's why you see, you know, if you look at uh, the lozenges or various things that are wintergreen flavored, the gums, you you look at the ingredients, Uh, they're almost always going to be artificially flavored. Uh, So the origin, if if it's from a food that's non-toxic, is one consideration that's required to be food grade. Another is that it be packed and processed at every stage following food good manufacturing practices, which has sanitary rules, it has rules for uh, having safety recalls, There's a lot of things involved in food, good manufacturing practices, that everything is food grade, 
materials and, and contacts and procedures. And that has to go all the way through to the bottling. If, if we were to send our essential oils out, outside to a contract manufacturer and have it bottled by a personal care, a, say a shampoo uh, bottler, it would no longer be food grade, even if it was food grade all the way to that point. It has to complete that process and be bottled in a food manufacturing facility following food good manufacturing practices. And a lot of companies don't have those procedures. They might take a food grade oil and render it non-food grade by not following that strict chain of custody and other requirements uh, to maintain it as a food grade. There's one more requirement, though, and that is that it be diluted to the level that's safe for everyday use. And that is not typically going to be one drop or more than one drop of an essential oil. If you look at something like peppermint oil again, and, and you think how much peppermint oil is going to be in a tea bag of peppermint tea if I had peppermint tea. And we're looking, there's, there's various estimates, but uh, a common one would be maybe 30 cups of tea or more a day would equal one drop. And so the level that's approved in the United States as grass, generally regarded as safe for food use, GRAS status, uh, requires it to be diluted to the level that is approved for use in food. And if that is a 30th of a drop, there's no way to put that on a label and have someone use that except using it as a ingredient in a bulk batch of something. Like if you're making a large batch of, of something, you're making lozenges or you're making various things, uh, I can almost guarantee you that the, the little mint that I carry around in a little pouch in my pocket are less than 1% peppermint oil in that mixture. So, you know, if you had more than 2 or 3%, it's going to be really, really, really strong, and, and you wouldn't be able to really handle it. It would be really hot in your mouth. So the actual level that's approved for food use, and if you want to put, say, a nutrition facts label on an essential oil, you would probably see that it's going to be a fraction of a drop as a dose, or you use one drop to make a whole bunch, maybe dozens of, of servings, would be the appropriate use, and not put a drop in your water every day and drink it. We've had people do that, and they end up in the emergency room because the menthol, the essential oil, the terpenes, menthol is a terpene, and the essential oils actually will strip the mucous membrane of the digestive tract, the esophagus, and the stomach, and within a month, people typically end up in the emergency room putting a drop of peppermint oil or a pure essential oil in their water and drinking it every day. It's just too strong. These are extremely concentrated botanical essences that uh, are just simply not safe to take a drop. And some companies will just slap a nutrition label on there and say, take a drop, it's fine. I want them to have the lawsuits. I want them to have the, the customers who are mad at them. I want them to be the ones hurting their customers, not my company. I see. Now, when people start experimenting with um, using essential oils, um, I think it's really good to start, you know, uh, almost like the idea of using supplements, you know, low and slow with the supplements to find out what works the best for you. 
I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to go into things, maybe looking at them a little differently, thinking, you know, I probably need more than the average person. I need to use more. More is better. I think with essential oils, more is not better. No, I mean, if you're making a scent, it's fine. If, if you're just blending essential oils, and we do that, uh, and sell it as a pure essential oil blend or pure single essential oil, they're very, very concentrated, but you open it up and you get the scent. You, you mm-hmm. put that on some potpourri or you put a few drops in a candle mix or, you, you know, you, you put a little bit in a shampoo or a massage oil or something. That's fine. And, and by the way, the amount that we add when we use an essential oil as a flavoring or a scent agent is typically less than 1% and rarely more than 3% of the mix. So to give you a sense of that, we sell essential oils in 30 milliliter, which is one one fluid ounce bottle. And that's about double the size or triple the size of many of our competitors' products that sell for the same price or higher because of what we mentioned earlier about the perfume model of bottling and pricing and packaging. But uh, there's about 600 drops of essential oil in a one ounce 30 milliliter bottle, one of our typical uh, essential oil bottle. We do sell other sizes, but, you know, just to give you a sense of the standard one. And uh, if you're mixing essential oil into something to scent it, you want to scent a, you want to scent a lotion or a soap or, or anything like that, you're typically using between 6 and 18 drops per ounce added to that mix that you want to use. Let's, let's say you want to make a, a, a massage oil. You could take almond oil or different t- types of what are called carrier oils, these pure plant oils. Uh, and if you take an per ounce of that, add six drops up to 18 drops of essential oil to essentially 600 drops in one ounce of an almond oil or a grapeseed oil or, you know, coconut oil, whatever you want to scent. Uh, so it's about, you know, six drops per 600 drops, maybe double or triple that. It's not a lot. You know, you're, you're, t- you're talking about one, two, three percent of that blend being essential oil and having plenty of scent. You know, you don't have to overdo it. But if you're using it in a diffuser, you add a few drops to the diffuser. Maybe you're adding five, ten, twelve drops to a diffuser. And that's plenty to have hours of scent coming into the room. Mm, okay. Now, when people start, you know, thinking about essential oils, I think a lot of people are coming at them from a lot of different angles. And a lot of times they are using them for one reason or another. One thing I love about your webpage, nowfoods.com, is that people can go there and pull up recipes. And these are some of the categories, you know, uh, balance. You know, clarity and focus and finding peace and quiet. I would probably add to that in the middle of a world in turmoil. (laughs) Uh, I would also, you know, um, recipes for your diffusers, um, seasonal recipes, one of my favorites. Um, And then making even cosmetics and things like that, things for kids and things to use topically on the skin. And what, what would you like to talk about today? Maybe a little bit on the seasonal and maybe just kind of uh, go from there. Oh, I have a question that came in. It says, are people ever sensitive to the oils on their skin full strength? I say yes. 
Yes. In general, we recommend not to use it full strength on the skin to almost always dilute it. Mm -hmm. uh, it it's true that tea tree oil is sometimes used on owies, to use the technical term. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, uh, you know, you have a, a cut or something, you want to, you know, have something antiseptic to apply. People are using tea tree oil, oil for that. Uh, sometimes people will use lavender oil directly on the skin. We don't recommend it. We recommend diluting in a carrier oil, you know, the almond oil or coconut oil or, or various uh, pure oils. Olive oil is fine. Olive oil is actually a little warming if you use it on the skin, by the way. Just a little tip for people who might want to know that, uh, to use it that way or avoid that effect. Uh, but, you know, we would normally recommend doing that. Uh Clove oil, which actually does not have a grass status, it's not approved for labeling as a food, uh, it is approved for oral hygiene. And there is a distinction between oral hygiene and swallowing something intentionally, uh, where things that are not approved as foods are used for oral hygiene. And, you know, for example, you, you're not, you don't eat toothpaste or mouthwash. You might swallow a little bit of it. It's not toxic. But... You know, they're not intended to be swallowed. You know, it's is, is not the intended use. And people will put cl pure clove oil with a Q-tip or something on, the, uh, on a toothache, for example, to try to numb that tooth a little bit, you know, which is common. They sell that in drugstores. They sell, you know, probably a uh, cheap version at a drugstore. You could buy the, the real aromatherapy quality products uh, in a health food store, uh, like uh, Stay Healthy or, or other ones like that, you know, it, it's, you know, there are different uses of these. We, we typically are labeling only for aromatherapy use. Uh, we have on our label, if you're using it for anything else, please consult a reputable reference or expert to know how to use this appropriately and safely, more importantly, safely. And... So we're not giving every possible use on these little bottles. You know, really, there's no way to do that unless we put it in a box and have a lot more text. And, you know, that, that's not as, as carbon neutral as we want to be, you know, adding boxes and packaging and, and other things and, and charging customers more for the privilege. When they're getting the oil in an attractive package, you know, we don't have fancy perfume bottles. We don't have fancy displays. But we have very attractive labels, the white background with the color picture of the, of the botanical, the plant that they came from. And in some cases with blends, uh, for example, for the holidays, we have candy cane oil blend, uh, which is something that people can use as a, a, you know, a, a pre-mixed blend. It has peppermint oil and vanilla. So mint and, and vanilla. So you're getting something that is, uh, it smells kind of like a candy cane. It, it's pre-mixed. It, it's a holiday blend purist. It's peppermint oil with vanilla extract added. So it's, it's, it's uh, we're using a CO2 extraction of bourbon vanilla, which is one of the highest quality vanillas there is. So, you know, it's not El Cheapo. It's, it's something that's high quality. But it's a reasonable price. It, it's an attractive package, and if you put that in a potpourri, you put that in a put a drop or two in a, on top of a candle when you light it. You know, there's often 
if you've used a candle before and it, and it's burned down a little bit along the wick, there's usually a little depression. You could put a drop or two of oil in there, and then as it burns, it'll evaporate the oil, and you'll get a scent. So it, again, it doesn't take a lot. These are very, very strong oils. Uh, but there are these seasonal ones. Uh, we just got through a season pumpkin spice fall blend, which uh, I, you know th- this is really uh, fall still goes on until uh, almost Christmas, but. You know, we have a seasonal blend with tangerine, orange, cinnamon, cardamom, uh, nutmeg, ginger, and clove oil blended together. You know, pure essential oil, no no dilute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the uh, citrus ones are cold pressed. The other essential oils are typically steam distilled. There's no chemicals added. There's you know, they're very, very pure, very strong-scented uh, types of oils that we use in our singles and our blends. You know, occasionally we'll dilute something if it's an expensive oil. Uh, for example, we have two versions of frankincense oil. One is the pure strength, and one is the dilution. That's 20% frankincense oil in a base of jojoba oil. And the reason we use jojoba oil, it doesn't have its own scent. It's extremely stable. It doesn't tend to go rancid or, or spoil quickly. So it's a good base. So, you know, frankincense oil for an ounce retails for twenty four ninety nine, But if you buy an ounce of the 20%, it's only nine ninety nine retail. It still has the scent. It's just not the pure essential oil like the other product we offer. You know, something else, you know, you you bring to the market um, incredible um, diffusers. Um, some people like to put, um, I remember years and years ago, I used to buy these um, pieces of stone that would, uh, you'd sit on top of a light bulb and you'd add the oils and the heat from the light bulb would diffuse the smell. But diffusers have taken it to a whole new level. Yeah, back in the 90s. We actually sold it now, those ceramic rings that you would put around an incandescent light bulb, you know, like a ceiling bulb, mm-hmm. and then you'd unscrew it, you'd put this ring on top of it, you know, slide it down and then screw it back in, and then it would heat up when the bulb got hot, and if you put a few drops of essential oil on it, it would diffuse the oil in the room. That was a, I don't know, a caveman <laughs> diffuser or something, What I don't know what you'd call that, but... Yeah, obviously we're a lot more sophisticated these days. We're using ultrasonic diffusers. Ultrasonic diffusers are designed, there's a ceramic plate that vibrates in a closed chamber with a narrow opening at the top. And by churning up the water and forming bubbles, it increases the volume and builds up a little pressure in that chamber and forces a stream of vapor out through the opening at the top. Now, if you put a few drops of essential oil on top, and it's rarely more than 5, 10, 12 drops you put on top, you do not want too thick of an oil blanket on top or this will, this function will not occur. Uh, you, that as, as the vapor starts streaming out through the top, each droplet gets coated with a tiny, very thin layer of essential oil 
assuming that you only have a very thin layer of essential oil on top of the water. So these, these little bubbles of water that, that are vapor that actually are forming clouds and coming up into the air, uh, each one is carrying a tiny bit of essential oil. And that's what provides the scent that we smell from a diffuser. The old diffusers used uh, were vaporizers. They actually used heat and steam. Uh, and they're not as safe around children or pets, uh, especially if they get knocked over or something. Uh, on, an, on an ultrasonic diffuser, the water is actually remains room temperature. And so it, it's a much better type of thing. The other issue is that if you're using raw essential oils, like the citrus oils, they are not heated. It doesn't change them by turning them into steam because it's not turning them into steam. It's, it's keeping them in a raw state. Uh, the raw oils, however, are cold-pressed. They're, they're typically using stainless steel spikes on, uh, on the citrus peels. And that means there are other oils, not just the essential oils in there. They're called essential oils, but there are some components of oils in the skin that do not evaporate and will tend to leave a ring in the diffuser that is normal, and it's pretty easily cleaned out if you, you know, uh, follow the cleaning instructions. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not really a negative. It's just an, an issue people need to be aware of. The other thing, if you're using a diffuser and you're using a product that is, for example, I mentioned the frankincense oil. We have one that's 100% pure and one that's 20% in a base of jojoba oil, a different product. And if you're using the one that's got jojoba oil as a base, and we have a number of essential oils that are expensive that we dilute and offer a uh, less expensive option that way, uh, that jojoba oil is not going to diffuse either. It's going to leave an oily ring in the diffuser that would need to be cleaned out. So uh, that's a consideration if you're diffusing, whether you want to use these dilute oils or maybe use them sparingly in a diffuser, uh, and maybe they're better in a candle or a shampoo or a lotion, massage lotion, or, you know, some other use in general uh, versus a pure oil. Okay. Um, the other thing is somebody just asked me, they said, using these oils, um, is there any way that you get used to the smell and they stop working? I, that's, I'm not sure where they're going with that, but I'm going to ask them as they say. <laughs> well, think of your favorite meal and you smell it cooking. Do you get tired of it? Do you stop sensing the smell? You know, probably not. I mean, you might be able to overdo it and and have your uh, sensory overloaded where it does, you know, don't detect it as, as readily. Maybe if you keep a diffuser going 24-7, you stop noticing it. But, but short of those more extreme situations, you know, if you think of, you know, you smell your favorite meal cooking in a restaurant or your home kitchen or whatever, uh, and it, it, it's always going to have a similar effect on you, you'd expect that from the uh, reasonable use of essential oils in the home. Mm. True. True point. Um, one more question. It says, are essential oils, yep, this just came in, are essential oils safe around children? Well, we actually have a section about that on our webpage. Um, and, and there's also issues with pets that are important. One, one issue is that 
the children or the pet should be mobile enough and capable of moving out of the area if they're uncomfortable with what's being diffused. That uh, children tend to be more sensitive to essential oils. Pets tend to be far more sensitive to essential oils than humans. Uh, the worst are for birds. If there's a pet bird, they typically cannot tolerate diffusing essential oil. Do not diffuse next to a caged bird where they can't escape if they're uncomfortable with the situation. Don't diffuse next to cats or dogs or other pets that are not able to leave the room if they're uncomfortable. Remember that many of these animals have far more sensitive smelling capabilities than humans. Uh, dogs are incredibly more sensitive to scents than humans. So what might seem like a mild scent to you might be completely overwhelming to a dog. Cats are about 25% capable of detoxifying compounds that they ingest, whether by smelling or eating, than humans. I mean, I'm sorry, 25% uh, less capable than dogs of detox. Dogs have better livers and detox capabilities. So what that means is that cats are more sensitive to essential oils and especially to the citrus oils that tend to give some cats uh, severe dermatitis. It tends to irritate their, their skin. So, you know, that, that's a consideration. You know, pets need to be kept away uh, from, you know, if, 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 they're, if they're caged or if they're in a room where they can't leave if they're uncomfortable. Uh, not a good idea to diffuse around them. And uh, don't diffuse next to an open fish tank because if the oil settles down on top, it could actually suffocate all the fish in the tank, which is something that might take a time or two until someone realizes what is killing off their fish. It's not a disease. It, uh, they're suffocating from not getting oxygen. So, you know, th these are real-life considerations. Uh, I've heard th these issues uh, from people and, and read that in the literature, that, uh, you know, th those are, are common issues. Now, again, we do have on our webpage, uh, under essential oil safety, information about the uh, use around children. And, you know, th that's, that's a real safety issue, uh, being able to keep children safe when we're doing that. So just just to summarize, essential oils that are safe for children are the clary sage, the orange, the lavender, and the frankincense tend to be generally safe for children in diffusers or used topically in proper dilution. Again, clary sage, orange, lavender, frankincense. And some essential oils are not safe for children, and they're, the list gets smaller as the children age. Children two and under, there's about 10 or 12 oils that should not be diffused around them. Uh, by the time they're five years old, the list is about half as long. And by the time they're 16, wintergreen's really the only one that's not considered safe for children, uh, including teenagers of all ages. So, you know, this is based on, uh, we have, a, we have an on-staff toxicologist who reviews our products and comes up with 
uh, not just essential oils, but all of our products. So when you see a caution or a warning on our label, whether it's an essential oil, whether it's a vitamin, whether it's any, any category of product, it's, it's going to be something that's been reviewed by professional toxicologists. And these are what are considered appropriate warnings and cautions for people to use these products safely. Uh, we're more concerned with people keeping safe than buying our products. So we're not going to skimp on having uh, a trained professional on staff that's reviewing our labels, reviewing our instructions for use, our cautions, and making sure that they're going to be as safe as practical for consumer use. Uh, you know, our mission is providing value, uh, the best quality for the best price, in both products and services that empower people to lead healthier lives. So we're not in the business of trying to hurt people or having them use them inappropriately, even if it would increase our sales. Quick question just came in. It says, Neil, would you answer this question for me? It's already something I'm doing, but I want to make sure it's okay. When my kids get sick and get congested, I take coconut oil and add a drop or two of eucalyptus to it and mix it together, and I rub it on their chest and up their neck, and it seems like they breathe better at night. Uh, it just helps their bronchial inflammation. Is it okay to do this? Is this something that other people do? Yes, that, that's absolutely fine, and uh, besides, you know, eucalyptus is used for that, camphor oil is used for that. If you think of the uh, chest rubs that are used, they mm -hmm. typically will use things that contain camphor. Um, eucalyptus will have some camphor. Uh, the medicinal varieties of lavender will have some camphor. This is not well known, by the way, but... Uh, there's an international standards organization standard for some of the oil, uh, you know, tea tree oil, for example, and we have an ISO uh, compliant uh, tea tree oil that is used uh, medicinally. But ISO normally is setting standards for the perfume industry. So they want the lavender oils that camphor. Mm -hmm. They want the ones that are uh, uh, more, more floral. You know, I, I, I have a trick that I teach people. I tell them when you're done doing your laundry, save your dryer sheets, you know, save about a dozen, flatten them out and kind of set them into like a Ziploc bag. And if you really are someone that's having trouble relaxing at night or during those stressful times, take one of those, put about three drops of lavender oil on it, put it in between the pillow and the pillowcase at night, and you'll be surprised how much it actually kind of lulls you down into a more relaxed state. You know, so, yeah. you know, there's different things we can do and, and, and having a diffuser around and, you know, being able to change up the sense if you just want to make the air smell fantastic, that's great. But, you know, working medicinally with the oils as well, your, your web page is awesome because of all the recipes and, you know, and you could talk to people that stay healthy, you know, they'll, they'll give you ideas of what they hear from people using them for and what their, what their experiences are with essential oils. Essential oils have been around a very, very long time. Um, they've been, they were burning oils and, and scented oils hundreds and hundreds of years ago. This is not new, but we're learning more. You know, we're all, I said at the very beginning of the show, we're all a work in progress, so I think we're all continuing to learn. Oh, yeah. And, you know, nowadays you can look for the holiday blend. Uh, 
There's the, the, the pumpkin spice I mentioned. There's Woodland Walk, which is more pine and things like that. Mm. There's the candy cane I mentioned. Uh, there's the, uh, you know, a number of them. You can get frankincense. You can get myrrh. There's a holiday cheer gift case that has a candy cane Christmas tree blend, clove essential oil and nutmeg essential oil in, in a little travel case with a travel diffuser. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things available to people that are, you know, holiday-themed that people will associate with the holidays. Well, you know, I, I just think that uh, the whole idea of using essential oils and using um our nose and our senses and the way we breathe in, you know, it's like walking into a bakery. Um, what you don't, you don't see the stuff in the case first. You smell the stuff that's there and your senses automatically take over your digestion starts. Your, your mouth starts producing, you know, a little bit of extra saliva because you're just enjoying the smells. And how many times have you had your food served to you at a really nice restaurant and the smell gets there before the food does. And, you know, so using this sense of, of smell and, and letting it work for us. That's nothing new, but it is something that we can actually enhance. Yeah, and, and there's, a, there's actually, you know, if you're having people over the holidays, you're worried about immunity issues, there's a couple of blends that are designed to be protective. One is our Nature's Shield blend, which is a modern version of the Four Thieves blend that's been around for hundreds of years. Clove, lemon, cinnamon, eucalyptus, and rosemary oils, uh, the, the legend is that that people, the doctors, used to wear these gourd masks that were stuffed with aromatic herbs when they were visiting patients with the plague back in the 1300s. And uh, thieves started copying them when they wanted to rob the houses of people who had died or were sick with the plague. So the thieves' oil became a thing <laughs> hundreds of years ago. And we have a version that includes uh, a couple of organic oils. It's a one-ounce bottle for a reasonable price, uh, $19.99 suggested retail, uh, where competitors' products could be as high as $50 for half the size. And it don't have organics in there. So, you know, we're really trying to have the best quality for the best price. And if you diffuse this, you're getting a nice holiday blend, but it's also protective against the respiratory tract. Another blend is called Clear the Air uh, that would have some similar properties. Uh, they're both in a seasonal changes kit, by the way, that we have uh, available, too, which is uh, uh, has tea tree oil, eucalyptus oil, nature's shield, and the Clear the Air blend. Which, you know, a lot of people like just to, you know, mm -hmm. if there's smoke in the air, if there's anything they want to remove, peppermint, eucalyptus, hyssop, and rosemary oil in there. Pure oil. So, you know, people have options. You can make your own blend. You can buy a blend. You can use a diffuser. You can add it to something that you're going to use. Uh, you know, if you want to use it for cooking or something, you know, uh, we, we do have what oils are food grade on our web page we cannot put it on the label right because of fda regulations you have to pick a category it has to be a food or personal care or or aromatherapy it cannot mix categories 
you can't say it's a food grade on a product that's labeled for aromatherapy use or for topical use uh, due to these arcane FDA rules. So companies are violating that in some cases. We, we're, we're very compliant with regulations, so we don't do that. But, you know, there are ways to label things that way if you wanted to appropriately. But in most cases, for internal use, it's going to require dilution. It will not be a pure essential oil. I appreciate it. We're running up against time here. Neil, thank you so much. Always informative. And be well. Stay healthy, my friend. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. You too. Travel safely. Be well. You too. My guest today, Neil Levin. Isn't he awesome? Um, Great topic today. All the essential oils are available at Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Everyday low prices. Stay Healthy, your one-stop full-service location for everything health and nutrition. Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Valley. 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston right next to Smith's. Call them at 702-877-2494-877-2494. Schedule mail order services. They can even get your order all ready for you so you can just swoop in and pick it up. How great is that? And of course, you have the availability of having your questions answered, looking at some of the top companies with the cleanest, most transparent formulas, because they carry only the best products in every category. That's just the way it is. They feel it's the best of the best because they want everybody to actually make a difference in their health. Don't forget about their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Print a coupon to use on your next visit. Enter your email address for future newsletters. Listen to any of the radio show broadcasts, always available for your on-demand downloads when it fits your time schedule. Now Foods products available throughout the store. Everyday low prices on all the Now Foods products. All the essential oils are there. Don't forget to go to their webpage, nowfoods.com. Pull up the recipes and the categories and see how, you know, make your shopping list of what you would like to blend and what area you'd like to focus on. And they've got all the oils at the store. Have a great day, everyone. Remember to let your senses, you know, be there for you and working for you. Try the essential oils from Now Foods. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health with the best guest in the industry, helping all of us to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are now available at my website, drjeffreyburke.com. Simply click on the archive icon to make available on-demand podcast downloads. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store for all your nutrition needs. Stay Healthy provides reliable, responsible, relevant service every single day. I look forward to talking with all of you soon.